Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to, seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Okay. So the women come early on Sunday morning, bring the spices. They were going to wrap, uh, we wrap Jesus' body with the spices. And the stone's been rolled away from the tomb. Wonder why. So did he just get out? I don't think he needed the, t- the stone rolled away to get out. So they could get so in? The people so that people could see in. I think that's it. Yeah, I, you'd think it was to, for Jesus to get out, but he, he comes in the middle of locked rooms, just appears. So I don't know how he did that, but uh, I assume if he could do that, he could get out without rolling away the stone. Uh, there was an earthquake, we know from, uh, uh, you know, Matthew's Gospel, and this is kind of the aftershock when they uh, come and see there's no body. There's these two men in dazzling clothing. Yeah, Logan. Why don't, it only mentions Peter, it doesn't mention Mark. It doesn't mention John. Or, yeah, John. Yeah, because it just mentions Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have a complete account anywhere of every detail. So there are, there's a couple times in Matthew where he will mention like two demon-possessed men or two blind men. And the other gospels just mention one. Well, if there, two, if there were two, there was one. You know, so a lot of times you don't mention all the details. You know, so I'm like, you know, I come home and I say, well, guess what? I saw John Doe at the store today. Well, I actually saw Jane Doe, too. Did I lie when I told her I saw John Doe at the store? No, I just don't mention I saw Jane, too. You know, so he mentioned Peter came to the tomb. Well, I may have, who knows who else may have come to the tomb? Maybe the others did, too. We don't know about it. I think I would have if I'd have heard about this. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. I think you see it more in these, like, super detailed Yes. Parts at the end, yes. you notice more things like that because all of them are giving more different details. <clears throat> so they're pretty perplexed. And he's got these two angels uh, saying, "You're looking in the wrong place." You know, tombs are for dead people. <laughs> and he's not dead; he's living. You know, <laughs> that's not the place. Remember what he said. You know, and third day he rise again. Duh! Come on, guys. Women, I guess in this case, guys. And they told the eleven all the rest. And they didn't believe them. No. It's amazing. The women were way ahead of them. You know, uh, would you have concocted a tale and made the women the heroes? You know, probably not, especially in their day. And, uh, you know, it takes them a while. I mean, they thought this was just 
you know, hogwash. And uh, but Peter ran and looked in and saw the linen ran linen wrappings only, and it was surprising. You know, it, it, I, I think the fact that the twelve, the eleven, were so skeptical at first makes their belief more convincing to us. They really needed some strong evidence before they were going to fall for this one, because they'd already had their hopes dashed once. They didn't want to get their hopes up again. Thoughts and comments? Another random thought from that same book. The stone, someone has calculated, was about two and a half tons. Well, You know, so it was not something lightweight that could be easily rolled away by women and apostles who wanted to steal the body. Yeah, I don't know how we know the weight of the stone, but if that's true, yeah, that would be quite a stone. Other thoughts? When it says the women went back to the eleven and told them, would they have included, do you think, the fact that the angels told them, hey, remember, he said that I will... You would think. It just it just seems kind of interesting that everybody remembers that he said that, but no one believes it. Like, every, <laughs> I was like, yeah, he said that, but then no, everybody's like, well, yeah, okay. Ah, uh, you know, they're a little slow. But they saw him die. I mean, come on. They saw him buried, at least, and they knew about it. You know, I mean, he's not alive. You know, I mean, you're going to convince me that, you know, somebody who I saw die, I saw him in the casket, I saw him lowered into the tomb, a couple days later you come to me, there's no body in that grave anymore. That that guy's risen. I'm going to say, you're full of it. You know, that's not, there's no way. They've seen him do that. Yeah. I mean, but even though they'd seen him raise others, that's raising others, not yourself. And, you know, they're really dispirited. You know, it's like, they really thought Jesus was the Messiah. They thought this was going to be great. They thought he was going to last forever. They thought, they thought, they thought. And this disappointment has been crushing. I mean, aren't we like that? Are we sometimes super negative just because we don't want to get our hopes up? We're like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it won't be. No, it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. You know, I'm not the way when I watch a ball game. I'm sure that my team is going to lose. You know, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. They're going to pull uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory or whatever they need to do to lose. And because we don't want to get our hopes up and then have them dashed. All right, other thoughts. Well, uh, this is kind of an interesting little story. 13 to 27. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, and about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were, walking to, they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, Why, What are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place over the last few days? He said to them, What things? They said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. 
All these things happened three days ago, but there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us to say that they had even seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those who are with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. They didn't see him. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you dull minds keep your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them these the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. Alright, so there's these two people. Were these two guys? Was this a couple? Uh, on the road to Emmaus, talking about what's been happening. And there's this stranger that comes up to them and starts, uh, you know, accompanying them as they're walking and he's overhearing them. And the stranger says, uh, you know, what are you talking about? Well, what do they say? You've been living under a rock. (laughs) How do you not know? You know, are you ignorant? Well... Truth is, no, but they are. <laughs> they have no idea who they're who was walking with them. They're really bummed out, and uh, you know they tell him, well, you know, he's the one we thought, you know, was going to redeem Israel, but it's already the third day. It's I mean he's gone. You know, it ended their their hopes, and uh, so you know they're talking to him, <laughs> you know, about him, <laughs> and they have no idea, and. Uh, so there's a news flash, you know, there's some women who went to the tomb, didn't find his body, saw some angels who said he was alive. Some others went to the tomb and found it just empty, like they said, but they didn't see him. So, you know, it's kind of too early to know what this latest development might mean, but nobody saw him. They're walking with him. They're seeing him. And nobody saw him. You know, and Jesus takes him to task for not believing what the scripture said, that the Christ would have to suffer and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. I would have loved to heard that sermon. Wow. What all, what all did he mention? <laughs> because there's a lot of scriptures that tell about him. You know, he's only got the walk to Emmaus. It's only seven miles. So I'm sure he did an abridged account, but, uh, thoughts and comments. What about Mary Magdalene? What about her? Hadn't she seen Jesus? She had. And didn't they say nobody had seen Jesus? Apparently they don't know Mary has seen Jesus. Don't you think she would have mentioned that? I don't assume they have been in the company of whoever she would have mentioned it to. She didn't see Jesus originally when they went to the tomb. So they know the report about the angels report and they saw the tomb empty. They don't know about the part of Jesus appearing to Mary or appearing to Peter. They're going to find this out a little later too, but they don't know about that yet. Now I suppose it's possible, maybe not likely, but possible he hadn't even appeared to Mary and to Peter yet. What does it say that they said the women didn't see him? Um, Are you looking at 24? uh, Yes. Uh, Well, yeah. Because 24 is not talking about the women. Okay. Well, they say uh, they saw in verse. Uh, they didn't find his body in verse twenty-three. Right, which is not the same as not seeing Jesus. So I don't even see Tasha where you're asking. Well, but but there, there. I mean, when they say you know, uh, 
that the women found the tomb that way, but they didn't see him. I mean, I think the implication is they don't know about the women seeing him. They just heard this report of the angels. But in 24, it's not talking about what the women saw. Verse yeah. tw- my verse 24 specifically says they didn't see him. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the women said, but him they did not see. So some of those of us went and found it and didn't see him. Right, but the women hadn't seen him either. They'd just seen where he was like. Okay. Right. And it's so so saying he's gone. Right. Yeah. When they when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Surely they would have said they'd seen him if they'd have seen him. Mm-hmm. So surely the implication is they saw the vision of the angels. These guys went to the tomb and they they saw it like they said, but no Jesus still. Are you good? Okay. <laughs> Is verse 16 miraculous that says that their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him? Or is that just telling us that they didn't recognize him? I think it's possible that there's some supernatural involvement that's keeping them from seeing what he really looked like. Seeing who he was. I don't know. Sort of like Mary thinking he was a gardener? Well, Mary thought he was the gardener, but, you know, she's, she's grieved and she's not looking at him. Like, come on. She's just a hysterical woman. <laughs> yeah. But would you recognize was... someone you thought was dead? Yeah, really? Anything She didn't you look at him. She just she heard him. She... Weep, she was weeping and crying. You didn't get the impression that... Is there a problem with it being miraculous? I mean... I don't well, see any I don't problem, problem with it, so I'm not sure why it, why we would argue it one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like when people ask that, it's like, oh, well, was that miraculous? Like, it couldn't have been, but I don't see a problem with it No, I think it's just trying to find out if it was or not. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we know. Okay. Well, yeah, I think we just we don't know. know. We wouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as far as I know... <laughs> It's uh, it's a kind of an open question on that, but I don't think it's so shocking. Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him at first because she wasn't looking at him. She was very emotional. Women don't recognize things when they're very emotional. <laughs> I feel like there's no need to explain that away. No, I really think that you would not, your first thought when you saw someone you thought was dead would not be that they were there. You wouldn't be looking for the guy to come and ask, hey, what's up? And so it's like, that that person looks oddly like Jesus. It's probably the gardener. (laughs) I don't think she'd seen him. I think she just sensed his presence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got more questions than uh, we need to have, right? (laughs) <laughs> All right, any other questions? We have no idea the answers. <laughs> I thought it was just me, but no, I think nobody knows the answers to these questions. All right, 28 to 35. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with him, He took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. 
They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. All right, so they're stopping, maybe at home. That's kind of the impression I get. And uh, so it makes me think this may have been a couple, like husband and wife. We don't know that for sure. One of them was Cleopas. We don't know who the other one was. But it may have been a couple. And uh, so Jesus is going on. But they insist, no, we want you to stay with us. You know, come and eat with us, spend the night with us, whatever. And so Jesus stays. And uh, so he's there at the table. I mean, you know, what a blessing that they insisted he stay. I mean, you know, there's a lot of blessings you get when you're with Jesus. And so he's there at the table, taking the bread and blessing it and breaking it, and suddenly, ah, it's Jesus. You know, it's interesting that, you know, they, through, through what he said about the scriptures and now through his giving them the bread, they recognized him. It, it dawned on them. They saw him. You know, and, well, as soon as they recognized him, he was gone. <laughs> Just vanished right out of their sight. Uh, and they said, weren't our hearts, hearts burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road and while he was explaining the scriptures to us? I mean, wow, they just brought back something, and they just really, that was a weird feeling they had when he was telling them all about the scriptures, and it's like, yes, now, of course, they put everything together, and they understand Jesus is raised. What the woman saw was significant, what the angels said. Uh, you know, Jesus is alive. They know, they saw him. And so they go right back to Jerusalem. They hightail up those seven miles in the dark. And they, they're with the eleven, uh, maybe the ten, and uh, the, they, they tell them, uh, the two, that the Lord appeared to Peter, and they say he appeared to us. And can you imagine how exciting that meeting was? You know, things are starting to get really interesting. Thoughts and comments? The ten? Well, I don't think from John's Gospel, Thomas was there. Oh, okay. Do you think the 11 is just a term? I think the 11 was the 10. Except the 10. These people would say Creative math. Oh, my. (laughs) Well, the 12 sometimes is the 11, so why can't the 11 be the 10? (laughs) I'm assuming you also think that in verse 25 when it says they're foolish men, that that's actually a gender neutral I do. Or I else to, you wouldn't think it was a couple. I might need to look at that in a Greek uh, Bible. I assume that's anthropos and not an air. Uh, I think I'm right about yes, that. ESV says, oh foolish ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, anthropos is just the mankind word, and that's probably what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think we know. Uh, I, I for, You know... Isn't it weird how you make assumptions? Have you always assumed it was two men? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. There's a song that says I've two always, men. I've always assumed that it was a man and his wife. Well, I had always <laughs> assumed. like that. I was assumed, I'd always assumed it was two men until 20 or 30 years ago, 20 years ago probably, when I heard Buddy Payne preach on this. Yeah, and, uh, and he, he that suggested was about it was a couple. Years ago. <laughs> but, but in the commentaries and all, a lot of people think it was a couple. Makes sense. You know, it, we don't know, but it sure makes sense. 
I mean, it's oh one of those things house. where you can easily make assumptions you don't even realize you're making the assumption. Yeah. Except that my Bible says men. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have got to work on your Bible. If you, if you cross that out. And just, you know, just rearrange the letters. and Start anyways. crossing out things in your Bible. All sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> that would give you new insights. Why do you think they recognized him when he took the bread? and? What? Well, you know, I mean, he'd done that... With the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, you know, I don't know, had they heard about the Last Supper? Maybe not. Um, but there's something about it, that the way he did that, he was also in a lot of meals, and Luke, he's in meals all the time. It's like some people always say the same things when they pray before a meal. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they recognize his prayer. <laughs> Garden I would recognize grandpa <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe miraculously, he opened her eyes. <laughs> or that. So, is it possible that this is the first observance of the Lord's Supper slash communion? I don't take it as being that. <coughs> I take this as just a meal. I mean, it... The taking the bread, blessing it, and breaking it, giving it, mm-hmm. is what you do with bread. Right. Yeah. So you take it, you thank God for it, and you have to break it off unless you're going to give somebody the whole loaf and give it to them. So we take those as very ritualized statements because of the Lord's Supper. But it's the same language he uses every time he takes bread and gives it to somebody. So it's, I don't think that language... At all mandates, it's the Lord's Supper. But for us, it almost sounds like it because we're so used to those right, passages. Right. I just remember somebody saying that that he wasn't sure, but he was like almost leaning towards it and wasn't. You know, it was one of those. Kind I think of that's true. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. What does it change if it is? If it isn't? You know. We don't see any grape juice here, and yeah. you know Jesus vanished in the middle of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and technically, it would have been Monday, right? It was evening. Good point. Yeah, if, if it they matters that it's Sunday, that's what I thought. Okay, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I think it is really cool how he spent so much time with them. I mean, this is like the most monumental day ever. And yeah. He takes a seven-mile walk, you know, explaining to these nobodies going to Podunk, Judea. I mean, that, you know, those kind of people matter to Jesus, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, Jesus does. I mean, all through the Gospels, he's taking time with nobodies. Other thoughts? What did you just say about the Lord's Supper? Did you say if it was... If they took it on the first day of the week? Well, I'm just saying, you know, if it mattered that he take it with him on the first day of the week, this wouldn't have been the first day of the week, so that might be a Oh, I would have assumed that it mattered. Well, if so, this would have been the second day of the week, because it was after Sunday. Okay. You seem to be qualifying that more than I would. Yeah, well, I mean, if somebody's arguing that he took the, it was the Lord's Supper movie, they said he took it on Monday. He took because it on Thursday Jesus. night with the disciples, so. We, he, yeah. we can take it. And he took the Passover day early. It's all, if the Lord is there, you can take any supper as the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think it was the Lord's Supper. Right, I mean, right, right. 36 to 43. <laughs> 
Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took and ate it in their presence. So Jesus pops in, almost literally, and uh, says, Peace be to you. And it's like, they're really spooked. And they weren't expecting this, even after the reports. I mean, you know, imagine if Jesus showed up in our living room. You know, that would be kind of shocking. And, uh, you know, he says, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? You know, he's kind of rebuking them for not having believed a little more quickly. And he said, you know, look, here's my hands, here's my feet. I mean, you know, you need to touch me. I mean, a spirit doesn't actually have flesh and bones like I've got. You know, I mean, he's real. He's Now, this is this is a bit of a challenge for us, I think. In that there are some things about Jesus that seem unreal. Like the fact that some people didn't recognize him right at first. And the fact that he kind of pops in and pops out and, you know, whatever. Um, but on the other hand, he's got a recognizable physical body with the wounds to prove it. Here he eats fish. You know, I mean, a ghost can't eat fish you know, or anything else. And, uh, you know, so I'm understanding that this is a physical body, even if it's got some special powers. And I think probably not the body he would, you know, go up to heaven with. I suspect it was changed. Because so we do, don't understand that flesh and blood uh, would inherit the kingdom of God. So a, a fleshly, physical body was not what we'll be raised with. So there is some distinction. I think Jesus is in a body that's, you know, physical body here on the earth and will be raised and his body was transformed however God saw fit to do it on his way up. Thoughts and comments and all that. So you don't think he had to have a special body just because he was raised from the dead. You're just saying when he went to heaven. Right. I'm saying, you know, I think this was really a physical body, even though when he went to heaven, I'm sure it had to be changed. Right. And even though he, you know, kind of materializes and dematerializes and they don't always recognize him, I still think this is a physical body. Right. Which is what he's obviously proving to them. That's what he's, I think, right. Yeah. Have you ever heard someone argue that he didn't have any blood in him? No. Because I have heard it was yet. That was a new one for me. I couldn't tell if that was what he was trying to say. That was interesting, but I don't think it's because his me. blood had been poured out as a sacrifice. That there couldn't have been blood. Like it, it says this is flesh and bones. It doesn't say flesh and blood or something like that. I don't know. I had never heard anyone argue that, so I wasn't sure. He wasn't real clear what he was. Yeah, asking. maybe that wasn't what he was trying to say, but it sure seemed like it. <laughs> I have not heard that one. Okay. Yeah, because I guess Craig yeah. had said this was all of Jesus. And well, and that's he said what Craig was responding like, to. Not the blood. Like, yeah. And, yeah, well, that would make zero sense because he right. also sacrificed his flesh, his right. body, and so, yeah. 
Okay. But the blood's the only important part. <laughs> <laughs> was Jesus on the earth for the whole time before he ascended? As far as I know. Then why did he like only get seen like five times that we know of? Well, there's probably more times than that than he got seen that we know of, but not a whole lot more. Um, I guess he appeared intermittently. Uh, I don't know how often. or They didn't seem like they accompanied him full-time like they had before. Um, you know, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. That's Acts 1-3. The way that Jesus, I don't know, interacts with people seems just really different after his resurrection. Like he's kind of appearing and disappearing, and they don't recognize him, and it's just much more just different. It is. Which is what makes us think it might he might not have had a physical body, but I think this is showing it was a physical body, but it is different. Forty-four to forty-nine. Now he said to them, "These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled." Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, "Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name." to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay. So, you know, Jesus says that everything that was written in the law, the prophets and Psalms were fulfilled. He taught them, opened their mind to understand the scripture, showed them that this is what the scriptures had taught. You know, there's so much in the Old Testament that points to Jesus. We may need to look at the Old Testament again and see just everything in the Old Testament is looking toward Jesus. And now he's got a mission for them. He wants them to preach repentance and forgiveness to all the nations starting from Jerusalem. You know, they, the goal is to proclaim Jesus. There's a, there's a mission, there's a responsibility, a purpose. And really he's programming the next phase of the story that's going to be the book of Acts. That's really the continuation of, of this. You're the witnesses. I'm sending forth the promise of the, the Holy Spirit upon you. Uh, and so they're, they're going to receive the power from the Holy Spirit and going to be enabled to proclaim the message all over the world. So he's really, you know, giving them, them the kind of marching orders from here on out. Thoughts and comments. All right, 50 to 53. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he departed from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him in returning to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Okay. So he leads them to Bethany, he blesses them, and then he's just carried up into heaven, and they worship and return to Jerusalem in the temple, praising God. Now again, 
the book of Luke begins in the temple and ends in the temple. You know, Zechariah couldn't give the blessing because he was dumb, but Jesus is able to give the blessing here at the end. You know, God's people are praising him at the beginning of the end. And and really all of this is just kind of, um, you've almost got like, um, you know, uh, a tongue and groove kind of thing, an interlocking sort of a thing. Because the book of Acts is going to overlap this very last part of the book of Luke to give a tight fit there to where we, we you know, kind of pick up where you left off. I, maybe it's like, uh, you know, have you seen a relay race? You know, where the runner in front actually takes off a little bit and starts running and the other guy hands the baton to him and keeps running just a little bit. You know, you kind of got that parallel running phase. So you've got this... Luke comes to a halt, and Acts picks up right before it ended, so they interlock well here. Thoughts and comments? Alright, end of Luke. That was cool. Right on time. Yeah, yeah, we ended it before September was over. Are you proud of us? (laughs) Spot of fits and starts. Um, so, I will not be here next Thursday. Where's going on vacation?